As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this Special edition of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Uh, we are here with Matt Tebby. I'm here with Matt. Hey, Matt. Yeah, hey, man. I'm here. And our guest today is Seth Richardson. Uh, Seth has been a longtime friend of ours. He's been on the podcast before, um, something that I totally remembered uh, before we hit Numerous record. times. <laughs> uh, anyway, the joke was that I, I thought it was his first time on the podcast. But Seth, it's not. It's not your first time on the podcast. You've been here before. You've chatted with us about uh, various things, and you are uh, an old friend of ours, of Matt and I's, but also just of Gravity's um, kind of as, a, as an organization. So welcome back to the podcast, Seth. Thanks. It's, uh, it's glad to be here. Whatever, it's, it's whatever number time here. it is. Whatever it's number time. Glad it's, glad, it's glad to be here. I'm glad to be yes. here. Yes. Yeah. It's good this to time, be though, here. This time is a special... It's, you're mm-hmm. not just... You're not just a guest on the Gravity Podcast, but we have right. a special announcement. We, we have, have a special, special announcement, announcement. yes. Yeah. The announcement is that Seth is going to take some of the work that he's been doing with an organization called the Talos Collective, and he's bringing it uh, into the Gravity Orbit. See what I did there with the puns? Mm. Kind of a, it's kind of a pun. Uh, but Seth is bringing it into the Gravity Orbit, and so it's becoming a new initiative of Gravity, and it's called Gravity Congregational transformation and it's a new facet to the work that we do with leaders that I'm really excited about and uh, we want to talk a, a little bit about it uh, today with you Seth. Seth is the director of that initiative and um, is going to be beginning uh, to work with churches and with leaders um, yeah under this new initiative gravity congregational transformation. So uh, that's what we want to talk about today Seth. First of all though just in case our uh, our listeners uh, are Uh, unfamiliar with you. Give us a little, round out your bio a little bit. Besides, you know, being mm -hmm. on the podcast some episodes before, uh, what else should we know about you? What's, yeah. what's your deal? <clears throat> yeah, my deal. Uh, my deal is that I live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I am an Anglican priest. And yeah, I've been around the gravity orbit for a while um, mm -hmm. in, in all sorts of ways. Um, yeah. Receiving 
and leading and yeah so there's this there's a lot of reasons this transition into formal leadership and gravity feels natural um yeah but yeah, yeah i'm excited about it yeah i uh remember seth so we um we have our, our gravity leadership academy cohorts um they start off with this foundational module uh, that we talk about a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we have sev- yeah. several other kind of modules or uh, optional ways to uh, engage with this. And you helped us to produce a prototype of um, kind of a leadership module that, that deals less with uh, kind of individuals and one-on-one and personal and kind of small group situations. And it deals more with systems and structures and mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, hidden ways that our cultures operate uh, ways that are not very visible on the surface, um, but that can sometimes sort of subvert our best intentions. So mm-hmm. anyway, that that whole cohort, I remember we we spent like a year together uh, doing that, and um, I was reminded of that as we uh, as we started to prepare for this podcast because a lot of I think what we talked about in that cohort is a lot of what the kind of work that you're going to be doing with uh, congregations with gravity, congregational transformation. Is that a, is that, is that the correct connection to make in your mind, Seth? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. all the, and it's my understanding that part of the main work that's done all around in gravity is Mm -hmm. this work of alignment, like Mm. aligning ourselves Mm. with the work that God is doing. And so, yeah, that cohort that we were designing was about like aligning, uh, systems and structures, Um, kind of continuing to tease out like this, the the personal individual work as a leader and um, what it looks like to align our leadership with the, the love that God reveals in Jesus. So teasing out that on the structural level. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't really thought much about it either, Ben, but I think that there's a sense in which um, that was, that was, what I'm doing now, what I'm this mm-hmm. gravity congregational transformation is actually what that wanted to be or what I wanted that to be. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Um so hmm. uh yeah, the in terms of the the arena that yeah. I was trying to aim at. Yeah. to continue the work of transformation. So yeah, Good. there's definitely there's definitely a connection there. Good. Well, most of our listeners uh, have participated in neither thing. So let's get a little bit brass tacks here. What What is Gravity Congregational Transformation? What is the work? What is this initiative all about? Yeah, so what it is, is an initiative that partners with local leaders to cultivate system and structural level, level transformation in their community by crafting custom research projects. Hmm. That, that was a mouthful. So um, mm-hmm. let me back up for a second and just kind of like set the context for sort of like why I think this is helpful. Yeah. And then I'll jump, then we can jump back into unfolding yeah, what I just said. So Perfect. Um, I, I think th- there's probably a sense in which most of your listeners are tapped into how many leaders many just Christians in general are in the midst of a moment of reckoning Mm -hmm. with what it means to be a Christian and what it means to be a leader in, uh, in, in the United States, um, particularly these these days, but, um, what it means to be a leader in a world where so many things like feel like that they're coming unraveled and being revealed. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, things about racism and uh, patriarchy, white supremacy, things about the way that individualism and consumerism, like and and uh, mammon, as Matt likes to say, like oh, the, the way like that to talk about <laughs> the way that yeah. all those mm-hmm. things um, have actually funded the way that we imagine what it means to be a Christian and the way that we imagine what church is supposed to be about and how it's funded that in ways that we are like w- waking up to, like we're just realizing we're having this reckoning moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I want to interject here, Seth. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you the business. Okay. Since you're in the business now, I'm going to give you the business. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, when, when I use the word imagination, sometimes I get pushback because I think for some people that means imaginary or not real. But when you're talking about imagination, you mean like how we conceive of ourselves and operate in the world. So say a bit more about how uh, tethered down to our organizational structure, our institutions, our processes, our habits, how those are impacted by these cultural structures you mentioned, white supremacy, mammon, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So by imagination, I don't, I don't mean not true or imaginary or the things that we make up. I'm talking about that, that, that part of ourselves that funds all our speaking and thinking and acting. Like if we are like an organism, it is like the nutrients in the soil that fund everything that Mm -hmm. grows up out of us or um, you could use the analogy of like our operating system. It's like we, we're performing these functions and then we have this operating system that's humming in the background. Uh, and that's our imagination. And our imagination is funded by things that we're aware of. And it's also funded by things that we are not aware of. And we are funded as individuals. Um, our imagination, each of us is shaped to think, to assume to behave in certain ways, um, but also our organizations and our systems and our communities and our churches have a shared imagination, things that we have received um, and that shape the way that different organizations or communities or churches do life together. And so when we enter into an organization, there's often this, like, some people call it culture. It's, it's similar to that, but it's this operating yeah. system that um, is humming in the background, and it sort of gives reasoning to. It, it's like the logic <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that animates why people yeah. say what they do, uh, uh, yeah. do what they do with their bodies. Mm-hmm. And most of the time... Um, these things are unexamined. Um, they're just kind of the water that we we swim in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it makes certain things uh, seem reasonable and normal and unremarkable and other things uh, odd, weird, uh, impossible, right? Yes. It's like there's a, there's a, a structure to which... So, it, you know, when we walk into a room, like random things aren't happening, right? There's right. things that are happening that... <laughs> that makes sense to us, right? Yeah, there's um, a common sense. There's right. a there's a way there's a expectations. There's yeah. social conventions that are running un yeah. unnoticed and unarticulated. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly Seth Godin, right. uh Seth Godin is a he's just like a marketing uh a different guy. Seth. Yeah, not you, Seth. 
this is not a nickname for <laughs> Seth Richardson. Um, <laughs> Seth Godin is this marketing guy that I sometimes listen to, and um, he 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 talks about it as uh, he says people like us do things like this. Yeah. Like that's the that's his like very colloquial way of, of of talking about like an imagination of what it means to kind of be in a culture and participate in a culture. It's mm-hmm. the and unspoken what does he say? people people like us people like us do things do like peop- this. Yeah, people like us do things like this, and there's this like and to change the culture, he always says like that's what you have to change. You have to change the basic sense of people like us do things like this. So anyway, yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's right. a helpful mm-hmm. background. Yeah. So yeah, that's lot, right. So to to bring it back to what you were saying before, mm-hmm. then Seth, th- a lot of what we are realizing right now in the church is that what was the the people like us do things like this, right? The culture, the imagination that we had about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a leader, we thought sort of just sprang objectively out of the Bible, but now we're realizing no, actually embedded into our embedded into our operating system was white supremacy, was patriarchy, was this, you know, this, this history of uh, oppression, like all of these things were baked into the system. And now we're having this reckoning with like, well, what do we do with that? A lot of the ways that made sense for us to be a Christian uh, are rooted in things that we now can see are unjust and untrue. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I, and I, I, my sense is that a lot of what we're feeling and noticing about about why things uh, aren't working like we thought that they would. Like what we're feeling is that there was something going on more than we realized that it was, and it was functioning at that level of imagination, both both personally. Um, there were things that like, sometimes when I think about imagination, I like to think about architecture. Like if we think about like ourselves as like a house or the communities that we're a part of as a house, that like there's things about this architecture that I've just, like you said, Ben, like have assumed we're just normal and natural and just, that's just how houses are. But we're actually really particular to certain things. Uh, we're shaped in certain mm-hmm. ways. And so, and so we're like having this feeling right. of like something's going on at the subterranean level and it's mm-hmm. broken. Yeah. Or, yes. or even if it's not that far, like, I think I think people's awareness that there are things that are going on on the subterranean level, just beneath the level of our waterline of awareness, I think people are, that's part of what people are waking up to. And so part of that is like an, is negative in the sense that we're waking up to there are things that were going on architecturally that are shaping us in ways that, and doing work in our lives personally that we didn't realize mm-hmm. that it was doing. Yeah. And not only that, there are things that are going on with our church yeah. that are, are that we didn't realize was happening and that's doing work, yes. that's accomplishing things that we didn't realize yes. that it was happening. Yes. So some of it's negative, but I think some of it isn't as negative either. I think there's also just this kind of like this awakening of like, oh, like there's more going on that constitutes mm-hmm. my life and that constitutes the org- organizations that I'm a part of and it needs mm-hmm. to be paid attention to. Yes. Yeah, Seth, this is huge. I think there is this. I keep I keep hearing a lot of powerful uh, people, um, especially powerful people who are accused of maybe wrongdoing or not doing the right thing, or maybe inadvertently causing harm or inadvertently offending people. There's this default back to intent or motive, and so people people there's this construct we live in where 
um, if I didn't intend to harm you, I couldn't have. Hmm. And, and it seems like that's one artifact of a larger uh, maybe phenomenon, social phenomenon that you are, that this uh, congregational research tool is meant to get at, which is what are all the things we don't intend yeah. that end up running the show? Yeah. What are the things that we haven't explicitly wanted, but are here, and what do we do about it? Yes. Am I hearing you right? Yeah. Yeah, and that last part is is the key part of the work that I'm trying to do with the gravity congregational transformation. Hmm. Because there, there are some great like podcasts, articles, books that um, many of us have, are reading right now. That's, that are beginning mm-hmm. to name these imaginative subterranean architectural realities. You know, I think about about a book like Jesus and John Wayne. Right. You know? And right. so so the question is, so it's it's one thing to have our awareness raised that those subterranean architectural things exist and to have yes. them named, that's crucial. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to say, like, how has this shaped me? Yeah. And that, and that, so that first question is a lot of what Gravity Leadership Academy, that's the kind of work that, that you guys have done for years. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there's another question of like, well, how has this shaped my church? Yeah. How has this shaped the assumptions and habits and theological words that we used yeah. in, in our particular place? Mm-hmm. How, what is it doing among us? Mm-hmm. And then... And then what do we do about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so part of what the heart of what my hope that gravity congregational transformation does is it makes space so that we can uncover those things mm-hmm. so that we can ask the question, like, what's going on? Yeah. Like what, what's going on here among us? It doesn't all have to be bad, by the way. Like there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of energies <laughs> yeah. and things that are going on in the background. Um, and I can get into this more later because um, this is important too, but like get access to what's going on. What are the subterranean forces, dynamics, things that are shaping our community? And then how do we move faithfully into the future? And so it's, it's both getting mm-hmm. what gravity congregational transformation is doing is getting access to those things and then creating space to, to look at them soberly and make plans about how to move forward into the future. Yeah. There's two, two things about what you're sharing here, Seth, that um, make me uh, once again, if it wasn't already clear since we're already doing a podcast on this, but once again, make, make it clear to me (laughs) that this is a, this is a good initiative that belongs in gravity. Um, one. Full disclosure: Ben was on the fence about that before we hit play. He, <laughs> Until we he hit was record. like, "I don't know if we, <laughs> I don't know if we should do this." <laughs> no, uh, fully joking. Uh, we've been talking about this for months. Um, yep. And so, yep. Um, but one of the uh, two of the things that I heard you mention that make me excited about this: one is the 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 how question. Uh, I think that's yes. been like our heartbeat for a long time at Gravity. Is is like, okay, sure, God's always present and at work, but how? Do I learn to pay attention to it? How do I actually participate in the life that God shares with me? How can this go from just being a nice idea that I assent to, to the actual fabric of my life? That's mm. been a, like an obsession for us. Um, and I, I hear you wanting to get that question very clear for churches as well, not just to have a great conference or a great, you know, get some great advice from somebody, but for them to actually get into the nitty gritty of, okay, what's happening in our culture and how? How do we, like, what are the actual concrete steps we can take 
to move in a faithfully a, a faithful new direction. Um, so that's one thing. Yeah. And the other the other thing I heard that I just want to uh, highlight um, is the um, the process of discernment the 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 assumption that God is present, God's at work. There's something happening. These aren't just. It's not just full of problems to solve. Your church is not just full of problems to solve, but your church is is a complex system where God is at work, and so some of that work is highlighting what's wrong yeah. that needs to be rectified. Yes, but others, other that some of that work is highlighting what is good and right and how God is actually how you are actually surrendering to the work of God and to affirm that and to continue to 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 move in that. And so there's this aspect of discernment to this where, you know, this isn't just like, here's some general advice for your church that we think is biblical, but here's some, here's a question, here's some questions and here's a process whereby together over the course of about a month, we can discern what God might be doing in our midst and how to, how to move faithfully into that. So, yeah, 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 that's a, that's good. Um, It's been helpful to, to me to, to kind of compare and contrast what this is to other things. And that kind of sharpens the work that we're doing. So when I'm trying to describe to people what's going on (laughs) with the, with what I did with the Telos collective, um, but which Mm -hmm. I've done for about, uh, about a year and a half now. And now what I'm going to do in gravity congregational transformation, it's, so it's sort of like a combination of like consulting and research. (laughs) And so, um, but, but, it's different than those things too. Okay. So t- typical consulting, um, and I'm not trying to make a blanket statement about like all like either business Maybe or church, a little bit of a caricature, consulting. but go with us. A, a little bit yeah, of a caricature, yeah. but typical consulting, or at least what people imagine when they imagine yeah. consulting is trying to um, address and answer deficit questions. Hmm. And so w- what I mean by deficit question is like, what's the problem and how do we fix it? And normally the solutions sound like we need to do more or we need to do better. Mm-hmm. And okay. part of the process that we're using is not grounded in trying to answer deficit questions, but answer questions of how is God already at work yeah. disturbing and renewing your life? <laughs> mm. As a congregation. As a, as a congregation. Yeah. yeah. To get curious about that. Yeah. And then to focus on mm-hmm. not how do we solve problems, like I'm not mm-hmm. coming in saying like, I've identified these three problems and now I have these three solutions that are sh- are going to be surefire way to fix your church. Yeah. Yes. But rather like, let's get curious about what God's spirit is already uncovering, exposing, and then generating, <laughs> generating that you might not be aware of and that might mm. be at work on the margins of your community. Mm. How do we pay attention to that? And then, and then how do you as a community act in such a way that you're aligning yourself with what God is doing. So that, that's that's a little bit different in, than, than just answering deficit questions. And also consulting often focuses on solutions that extends the status quo. Yes. That's, that's only offering like next steps that are within the existing framework. And so what we're trying to do in, in gravity congregational leadership is to say like, if you're, if you're ready <laughs> to, or curious about what it means to move into mm-hmm. the future beyond the existing frameworks, not, mm-hmm. not in a way in which you're denying your history or moving beyond your identity, 
but in a way that like you're seeking to follow Jesus beyond the existing frameworks. Yeah. That's what we want to be curious about. Mm. So it's different from consulting in that way. Yeah. That's, that's super, super fun. Uh, super good, man. Uh, it makes me excited. It makes me, yeah. me want to do this. Yeah. Could you I do get this it. with I us? Get super, <laughs> well, I did. Yeah. I know. Um, that's part of what we want to talk about. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but and and really quick, the the way that it's different from because it's it's similar to research too, and I can okay. we'll get into <laughs> yeah. that when I talk about the process itself. But but it's different than sort of like your classic congregational research because that's sort of a thing too. Is yeah, that's out there's there. you, you know Google different that. groups um, yeah. do congregational research. Yeah, um, it, it's different from that in the in the sense that congregational research is often. Um, they're asking interesting questions, but, but they're not focused on how a particular community, they're like coming into a community and asking interesting questions, but they're not necessarily asking particular questions about how that particular community can take transformative steps into the future. It's and right. so, just to look at what is. Yeah. 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 Right? And, and, yeah. and they're, they're often coming away with like really amazing insights, mm-hmm. but often those insights are not actionable for the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there are these big, there are these big, beautiful insights, but they're not the kind of, yeah. um, insights that can give people in the community agency to act differently. Yeah. yeah. And so, so it can that actually be really discouraging, I would imagine then, right? Yeah, it can be discouraging and it can just feed the patterns that we often see in our personal lives and often see in our churches is that like we get these great ideas Mm. Or, or we have transformative thoughts, and then we just find ourselves in cycles of not knowing how to actually how that actually makes a difference. How we can rearrange what we're yes. doing in light of it. Yeah. Yes, I think this mm. is the big part uh, that excites me, Seth. Is that we often try to sa- solve problems or move forward with the same mind that got us there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you're um, that we're, what we're going to offer here with. Uh, this new initiative is that we actually bring a different mind to the situation, discerning what God's up to, and then give people, or, uh, people are able to name that and transition in that so that there's actual, not just a repentance of, we're doing this wrong thing, we're going to do this right thing, mm-hmm. or we're going to do more of this good thing, mm-hmm. but we actually can create a new awareness, or to use one of your favorite words, Seth, a new imagination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for how to move forward that we didn't have before, what we were incapable of having before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So it's different. It's different from those things um, in that I'm hearing you say, um, you're not just asking deficit questions, mm-hmm. but you're, you're, you're uh, wondering and looking for how God is, uh, what did you say? Disrupting and renewing? Yeah, I love how that. God is already exposing or disrupting, um, yeah. disturbing, yeah. mixing up yeah. what's already going on. What, and by the way, like speaking of imagination, that in and of itself, right, is this fundamental paradigm mm. shift that when I see something that bothers me in my church or in my community, yes. to shift from that is a problem that needs to be dealt with, right? That's an imagination. That's, that's what am I looking at? I'm looking at a problem that needs to be dealt with. To shift to how is God at work in the midst of me being bothered by this, yeah, right, mm. or or my my church experiencing something together. How is God at work to disrupt or renew or expose something? And it, yeah. if God's at work revealing this, well, then there's then there is hope for transformation because it's not a problem that I need to fix so that God can be at work. It's actual evidence that God is at work 
and we can we can learn how to discern what what God is doing, what God is saying, and how to move faithfully into the future, cooperating yeah. with with God's Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And another another aspect of that, because this is a big part of the method that I'm using here, is that mm-hmm. there are also things in our community that as leaders that either like we they just they're kind of annoying or they or they seem like inscrutable to us or we don't fully understand what's going on or we just think well that's not like that's not a part of what I'm trying to do right now so it's mm-hmm. this stuff that's like bubbling on the margins yeah. and it like keeps popping up for us and different and sometimes odd maybe sometimes disruptive and sometimes just like like what is that what's going on there but it's like on the margins mm-hmm. and so part of what we're getting curious about too is like those energies that are at work on the margins of our community and in the voices of those on the margins in our community that are actually the hot sites where God's spirit is bringing disruption and newness. And so that's part, that's another part of what, of what we're trying to get access to. Yeah. 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 There's a whole theology there, right? About why you look there. (laughs) A whole theology (laughs) there. Which, you know, which we can't get into, but um, yeah, that's great. So, um, I'd love to get specific about this. Right. Yeah, let's do that. You know, like what, what kind of, what kind of things, right? So like if I'm listening and I am listening, Seth, mm-hmm. I'm wanting to know like what, mm-hmm. what, like, give me some artifacts or illustrations or stories about this. Yeah. Um, well, we can talk about the time that I came to the table, Indianapolis. <laughs> What's that? Yep. Yeah. What is that? Is that a church? Yes. No, uh, Let's talk about that. Yeah. So that that's the church. But just listeners, if you don't know, that's the church that Matt and I co-pastor with another co uh, with another co-pastor. So three of us pastor a church in Indianapolis called the Table, and we actually did bring Seth out. Um, we're not only a uh, you know a sponsor for a Hair Club for Men. We're mm-hmm. how's that? How's the line go? Also, I was trying to make a also joke. Also, client. Here, it didn't. I'm also a client. <laughs> yeah, we're also. <laughs> anyway, our church has mm, benefited should, from Seth's maybe work. Maybe you should explain the joke, back it up, and tell it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then we'll yeah. all laugh. Well, let's edit this out in post. Just kidding. We never do that. <laughs> um, yeah. So you you came and worked with us. You worked with our church, um, and yeah. we thought that actually would make a great like just case study um, for what what are the you know in one case what what did we discover and what what kind of came of this uh, time that you uh, spent with us. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I got went to the file cabinet and pulled out y'all's file. So I have it here in front of me. So I'm just gonna. Scary. There may be a couple of things Scary. I can I can highlight. Um, okay. Right. Yeah. So the so one the, of the things you'll get a file if you if you bring Seth in to work with you, you will get a file, mm-hmm. and he will keep yeah, read it in the, his file cabinet. Read the uh, <laughs> special notes under Ben Sternke. Uh, I, I think I slipped those in there. <laughs> Sorry, so, Seth, go ahead. Go so ahead. As, you, you as part of file. the process, yeah, and, and that maybe this will illustrate some of the process too. As part of the process, the very first thing that I do with leaders um, is that we have this um, initial evaluation um, where what we're doing is getting curious together about what our focus question is going to be. So again, mm-hmm. I'm not like coming in, like I wasn't coming into the table saying like, I think you guys have some problems right. and here's, here's how I'm going to figure out your problems for you. Yeah. 
the very first thing that we do is we hold space together and get curious about what you've noticed. And it's kind of like an examine session. Like we're just gonna get, we're gonna examine and get curious, not just about what's going on in you as a leader, but like in what you're noticing in your community. And we come up with a, a focus question. And that focus question is gonna guide the whole research phase. Um, so here, here was the focus question that, that we established for the table. Mm-hmm. It was, what do the present leadership dynamics, expectations, practices, longings, what do those dynamics reveal about how God is forming the table for missional engagement in the next year? Particularly in trying to understand what it means to have non-colonial mission leadership and also congregational growth. Mm. So that was, that was y'all's focus question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that kind of uh, came out of conversation. So we had, we had a conversation, like the, the four of us, um, our three co-pastors and Seth, right? Uh, along with other, did we, did we bring, expand that to other leaders? I can't remember how that worked. Yeah, there were a few other leaders, yeah. But this is something we had like been at this question we were mm-hmm. asking this intractable sort of um, issue that we wanted to get our hands around. We felt like we we were unable to make progress or unable to get clarity on our own. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and not because like you guys weren't smart enough to do it, um, but because this is a key, this is a key part part of why something like gravitational gravity congregational transformation is important is like often like we just need an outsider to yeah to do things just that have a different perspective. sort of by definition like we just can't do that work on our own yeah 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 so so we, so um, we came up with that question we came up with a question and then i uh created a, a custom research process project to just get access to to not like just a direct answer to that question but like, right. what, what are all the things that are revealed mm-hmm. by asking that question? Yeah. And, and then what do you do about it? Yeah. So here was, <laughs> a, here was a central, there was a lot of stuff that came up. Um, I think the... And the research process, what, what, did, what does that involve? That, I mean, that's mainly interviews, right? You're talking to people in the congregation. Yeah, yeah. For you guys, it was a, a survey a congregation-wide survey, and it was interviews with a smaller set of people. Those are called qualitative interviews. Right. Um, and so both with the survey and with the interviews, you know, I'm not just asking people yes and no questions. Like, we're getting into stories. We're getting into the mm-hmm. whys. We're digging, like, yeah. to what's going on beneath the surface, like that. Yes. That kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, so here was a big thing. A big. Mm-hmm. This was a central observation. So not necessarily a direct answer to your question, but like a main right. thing that's revealed in asking it. So as you, and what you're sharing here, this is one of the things that you began to see as you sifted yeah. through this qualitative data. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Yeah. So yeah, okay. yeah through mm-hmm. through the interviews, through the survey, this is a, a big thing that that was coming to the surface. Get, get ready. Mm-hmm. And it was you're that gonna, the... Here's the dirt on the table. <laughs> the social... <Sorry>, <laughs> The social and theological identity that makes the table unique. It's like the very thing that makes the table what it is. Mm-hmm. It's distinct discipleship culture, as well as the things that make the table a place of, of health and safety and growth. That very distinctiveness can also prohibit 
prohibit the cultivation of difference mm. and connecting with neighbors who are outside belonging. So it was a little bit of this catch 22 is that yeah. the, the table is like really special because it has this distinct uh, culture around discipleship yeah. and people yeah. are, are coming to the table and experiencing transformation at the table because of that distinct culture. But you guys are bumping up against um, a ceiling of sorts because that very distinctiveness can also prevent cultivating difference. So, so people who weren't ready to make that journey and also preventing connecting with neighbors who were outside your existing zone yes. of belonging. So it was like, mm -hmm. it was like a thick culture, mm -hmm. but one that, that lacked a clear means of permeability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Any I mean, I it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. No, honestly, Seth, it was, it was such a, an important insight, um, for our church. We're still working this out. And I think about it, um, this, I mean, just to like, I, it's not just, I think about it, but like it does actually inform when, when new opportunities come up for our church, uh, different things, you know, happen for our church. It does. It's in the background of my mind to say, like, okay, my initial. So, for example, like oftentimes, one, like you said, one of the things that makes our culture unique and special is that we do have a very thick culture, which means it means very specific things to belong here, right? Um, and so, you know, we don't tolerate a lot of shenanigans, for example, right? Um, and and. Um, we, there is a way of being together that um, that does provide health and growth, but because that's so thick, um, I think what it's caused me to um, I don't know begin to think again about is the things that I automatically assume won't work. Like like maybe that's maybe I should trust that assumption a little bit less. Like maybe there's an opportunity in joining with um, groups, uh, other people who may not be like us, who may have different values than us, who may not do kind of the Christian life and discipleship like we do, but maybe there's actual, that, that's not a threat always to mm -hmm. our culture and our identity and who we are, but it could be, it could be God sort of knocking on the edges of our community saying, yeah. yes, there's, there's blessing here for you if you want it. So, yeah. Well, I actually think it is God. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things we've, yeah. We've noticed, and I, I think I think what Seth you helped us reveal is we would never intend or want to create a culture yeah. so thick that it would work against the stated purpose of who we want to be, right? Mm -hmm. Right? But but we did, and we did it, and we and and so now we have to manage and or negotiate the unintended consequences of something that's really healthy and really good, <laughs> and how to yeah. then mitigate that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Actually, in, in every, every time I've worked with a congregation, like in every report that I've given, every report has a section called unintended consequences. Mm. <laughs> and that's yeah. where we're getting, we're getting access to yes. the, the kind so of work that our community does mm -hmm. that we're not necessarily trying to do, but that work is actually doing something that keeps us from alignment. Mm. And so the point isn't like, well, you guys are getting this wrong or something, right. like stop getting it wrong. Yeah. But the point yeah, is for, that like yeah. 
Yeah, the point is that like these places where there is a a reality gap, a mm. gap between vision and practice, or an unintended yeah. consequence, that 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 is where God is working, and there are ways to to be curious about it and and to to follow mm. what God's doing there. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I'm, I'm just, I'm like re, re like entering into y'all space. It's, it took, it's taking me a minute to get back into the headspace of the table, you know, like get back welcome into your back. congregation. Welcome back. Seth. Yeah. Welcome, welcome back. back. But I, rem- I remember it. <laughs> oh, it did. Yeah. It did. It did. It was a nice place. I recommend the table <laughs> to anyone, um, especially in the Indianapolis in, area. In the Indianapolis area. Come on. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember how one of the things that we were tracking was the 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 growth of your community, and how like some of the things that you were doing in in cultivating this really thick and distinct discipleship culture were really necessary. Like, you know, like if you think about like you guys were this new church plant, you were trying to trying to hold integrity for the community so that it could become a place like where people could actually experience the healing yes. of Jesus. Yes, <laughs> like you needed it, and right. so it, it wasn't like you were doing something bad, and you and you need to do something yeah. right now. It's that you were mm-hmm. at this stage where that thickness, you're you you were coming to a stage of transition where that thick mm-hmm. discipleship culture was not producing the kind of life that God was yeah. inviting you to step into. <laughs> yes, um, and and so we, yeah. I remember this metaphor that we worked with of like how this is not a perfect metaphor about moving from sort of like, you know, the, the way that antibiotics work and mm. like in any body in any system, like antibiotics tend to be, and I'm now knowing that I'm, I'm stepping in grounds where I don't really know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> to the layman, um, mm-hmm. the antibiotics are tend to like not be very particular in the way that they sort of move through your body. They just can kind of like, you know, right. Wipe out all sorts of, um, all sorts of things in addition all sorts to of bacteria. The yeah. things that they're supposed to wipe yeah, out. Yeah, it's indiscriminate. We're carpet bombing our uh, our gut bacteria. What you're <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, the, so, so we talked about what it would look like for the table to become a place of biodiversity. Yeah. Right. And I just remember as I as I was sitting and talking with you guys, like how how a lot of what I'm working with when I work with congregations is we're working in stories and metaphors. Because mm-hmm. that's how our imagination actually works. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. That, those are the most powerful f- motivators of what we think and do, our stories and metaphors. And so we're working yep. to move toward what, is, what does biodiversity look like? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I remember the, the feeling I had um, or the insight that felt like a really important insight was that. And we actually had to help some people, I think, to not feel like we had done something wrong. You know what I mean? Like the fact that (laughs) you have unintended consequences doesn't mean there's no perfect plan that doesn't have unintended consequences. They all, it all has unintended consequences. Right. Um, But I remember feeling like, okay, maybe we can trust the thickness of this culture so that like joining won't feel like a a threat anymore. Like joining, like I can trust Mm. the veracity and the thickness of this good and beautiful thing that we have that it, it won't be threatened by joining. It, it in fact, could be enhanced by joining. And I, I remember that was a big insight for me, that I, it doesn't feel as fragile. It be, because at first it was fragile, 
right? If we would have just kind of accepted anybody and every, like whoever happens to come, you know, and however you want to act, like let's go for it, right? It, we would have never created mm-hmm. a space for healing. We never would have created a space that uh, has all the goodness that we have now. But it is now a, a season, I think, where we can trust that goodness uh, to like stand up on its own two feet while we go out, you know, into non-colonial mission and joining and yeah, difference, all kinds of stuff. It's exciting. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's super, that's super helpful for us. So I'm remembering now too, how helpful it was. <laughs> Thanks for doing uh, okay, that Okay, that's all us. the help. Yeah. Would you read now the part of your file that has Ben's name on it? <laughs> Just the things the congregants said. They finally had a space to share. Finally, finally they can share who they're really <laughs> mad at, which pastor they really don't like. Oh. Yeah, Seth. All right, so then maybe how do we connect people listening to what you're doing? How, what, what does that process look like? Yeah, yeah. so the, the first thing is that if you're curious at all, if you're interested in what this could look like in your community, reach out to me and let's have a conversation about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about what's going on with you. We'll talk about what you're looking for. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. this might not be for you, but let's let's not decide that beforehand. Let's have a conversation about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about how the process works, what it would look mm-hmm. like, what what kind, what it would require from you as a leader, and what it wouldn't require from you. So yeah, mm-hmm. reach out to me, Seth at yeah. gravityleadership.com. Yes. And we'll have a yeah. conversation about it. Uh, one one other just practical thing to say, like as I'm um, pitching this to to people who might be interested, is like this process takes about a month, and mm-hmm. so that means that I have a limited amount of spaces to do this work. Uh, every year, basically one church a month. Uh, and I, I would love to go ahead and, and get the rest of 2022 filled up. We've got like about eight spots left yeah. for the rest yeah. of 2022. So yeah. uh, if you're if you're interested in jumping yeah. in, let's go ahead and have a conversation about it. Yeah. Even if you're not sure if you're interested or if you're halfway curious, um, I would encourage you to get... Uh, get on the phone with Seth uh, and chat about it. We'll put a link in the show notes as well to uh, a web page, uh, a, a, a page on our a website uh, that has more information uh, about the process yeah. and ways you can get in touch with Seth, um, all that kind of thing. So Seth, uh, thanks for sharing uh, about Gravity Congregational Transformation. I'm super excited about this. Um, it's kind of taking, feels like an element of, um, it feels like a good element to add to um, what we do and how we can help churches and pastors to uh, faithfully follow Jesus and center the you know their lives in the love of God. So, thanks for yes, uh, thanks for what you do. I really appreciate you uh, as a friend, but also as a colleague now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, sure. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles that we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sturkey and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sturkey edits and mixes the podcast. You can check out his work at aaronsturkey.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
to record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the Start Recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.